Hello and welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG related. I am your host, Matthew, and unfortunately, my uh, co-host, Ryan, is not here. But, as always, Scott is. Hello, Scott. What's up? Not much. How are you doing? How's your gaming? Uh, it's going good. Uh, Aberrant is going going real strong. I'm really liking it. Mm-hmm, uh, it, mm-hmm. it, it is it is a bear and a half to schedule, but we knew that that was going to be the case. Mm-hmm. And it, it it sucks, but it is what it is. Uh, mm. But it should not affect the releasing the release schedule of it too nope. much. Nope. So we're I think we're good on that front. But it's going good. We've told some really good stories so far. Yeah, the uh, the our cast and crew, as it were, our performers are excellent. They're they're really digging into the both the superheroics and the teenage like awkward weirdness. The teen drama is just mwah. It's just mwah. Yeah, it's very good. It's very good. What about other gaming? Anything else? Um, I completed my first playthrough of uh, Baldur's Gate 3, what is available of it. Yeah. And that is very good. Mm-hmm. Like, I like the, the level of depth, the level of, like, shit that you can do, both in terms of, like, story options that you can explore and, like, mechanical stuff. Uh, like I saw, like I've been looking, watching videos of like what, what, what all can you do? Because I did like a pretty thorough playthrough, and then I'm finding all of these videos of like things that can happen that mm-hmm. I have no idea how to make them happen. Like, where, where <laughs> would I, what would I do to make that happen? Like, what weird branching conversation path or like option that I have to stumble upon to get that shit going on? Like, I saw a video of one of like the big battles. Yeah. Uh, playing out that you can that you can do it's actually it's an optional battle but it's big and you can like win it and, and if it, it, it's pretty big but somebody set it up so basically they they got they gathered up all of like the barrels of oil and mm-hmm. gunpowder and explosives and put them out on the battlefield beforehand yep and then with one firebolt destroyed the one just one of basically what, what amounts to a field battle Mm-hmm. Like, all right, we're doing this. Pop, you're all dead. Yeah. So, uh, Larian Studios, which is the one who made Original Sin and they're developing mm-hmm. Baldur's Gate three, their shit is like that a lot. Which is, if you know what's coming, if you play through the scenario, they're they're like, yeah, feel free to like rig the system. Mm-hmm. Some fights are you have to do that. Like, you need to think ahead of time mm-hmm. of the scenario, or you will not win. You yeah, can't no, just barrel no, through some it. Of, in. Some of the fights were pretty rough, but it is still pretty much D and D. Like it is yeah. very, very much D and D. But like with, it's almost. I would say. Let's see, I would compare it in a way to Disco Elysium. Yeah. In that, in Disco Elysium, your narrative and conversational breadth of options is ridiculously wide and deep. Or is this like your mechanical options for how you want to deal with goddamn anything? And that includes narrative and conversation stuff. You never, you didn't play Divinity Original no. Sin. No. It, if you do like that, if you just want to get like an experience mm-hmm. and see where these guys were originally working with and sure. what they've evolved, play Original Sin, Divinity Original Sin 2. It's. Yeah, it's I might good. pick that up. I might pick that up. But that's, that's, that's what's been occupying most of my PC gaming time. And it's been great. 
Yeah. Uh, as for gaming, for me, not much. Mad Mage is uh, going forward. We are still on level twenty because, uh, well, the 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 dungeon level level twenty is pretty big. Like it's oh, the, the, the level of the dungeon. Yeah, 20. the level twenty is dense, and we are towards like the main obelisk thing that we have to enter. But we're not done, obviously. Mm -hmm. Just this is one that a big part of sort of the in part of the game. Right. Um, other than that, I've been playing a lot of Age of Sigmar, which is fun. I'm looking into Soulbound, which is interesting, a very basic system from Cubicle what 7. What is Age of Sigmar? I know it's Warhammer. Okay, so <clears throat> I won't go to a huge rant, but so about four or five years ago, they ended the original Warhammer world. They, they The original fantasy battles right. is what it was called ended they 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 canceled out the uh basically the content line and they reintroduced it as age of sigmar which is sort of an offshoot of the original warhammer story like it's a lot of high muckety muck epic stuff going on mm -hmm. but essentially this is like their sort of rebooting of warhammer mm -hmm. but it's in what they call the age of sigmar and there are these magical realms each one is like the like three times the size of earth flatted like they're all gods and monsters and a whole bunch of epic stuff going it on exalted yeah very it, yeah if you were to if you were to look at it and read it it would feel very epic fantasy um and the point of age of sigmar is just it's the tabletop game it's the war game but mm -hmm. it's in this new iteration mostly probably because a they need a reboot and b they could games workshop couldn't copyright a lot of things they wanted to copyright because they were just ripping off tolkien right and like typical fantasy so they needed to rebrand so this is how they did it gotcha okay like elves are just elf with an a in front of their name in front of the e right right elf yeah stuff like that so that's what age of sigmar is soulbound is from cubicle seven it is age of sigmar soulbound it is would you like to role play in uh, so it's a tt it's a ttrpg yeah yeah that's what it is interesting uh, so I'm playing the war game, and I'm trying to look into starting to either run or play in a uh, actual Soulbound game. So I, that's what I've been mostly doing, other than that, because really, Mad Mage is my only like RPG right now. Oh well, and helping you do Atomic Youth, yeah, and the other thing, Anima. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we can talk. I think I think we haven't talked about that on the main show yet. Uh, I thought we did last time. No, we I think we talked about it in Patreon content. I know we did, but anyways, regardless, I think we did. If we didn't mention it, guys, everyone, <laughs> uh, if you're hearing this for the first time, we're real sorry about that. Uh, been very busy. Uh, we, the Polyhedra crew, is in a uh, actual play with Onyx Path. It's Trinity Continuum Anima, the one Trinity Continuum new new stuff, mm -hmm. new content, uh, and. Eddie's running it for us. Yeah, Eddie Webb is running it, and uh, Dixie Cochran is also playing with us. They both yep. are. Uh, uh, they both work with Onyx Path, and they both work on Anima. Uh, yep. Eddie's a developer, and uh, Dixie was one of the main writers. Yep. Uh, so it has been a blast playing with them. We're getting ready to run what's probably going to be the last session, yep. uh, and that is going to be released in concert with the Anima Kickstarter. Yes. Uh, um, you'll get the audio here, but you can also watch the video on the Onyx Path YouTube channel. Yes, absolutely. Um, the, we will definitely blast it out to the four winds once it's become official. Like it's ready to, the Kickstarter is mm -hmm. ready to go and the release schedule is out. 
we'll let everyone know because we're having a lot of fun. I'm doing the editing on the back end, so it's going to be a little bit more polished than most actual plays. Only about an hour each episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, short and sweet. Easy to, easy to digest for everyone's enjoyment. So, yeah, that's that's coming. We're pl- playing that. Um, I've had the damnedest ideas kicking around in my head as far as, like, games that I might want to run. Yeah. Like, I had a... a like, because Cubicle 7 has uh, the Doctor Who role-playing game, and I've been revisiting yes. a lot of Doctor Who. I'm Ooh. like, you know, I could run a fucking Doctor Who game. That's a very interesting beast, Yeah, Doctor Who game. It's a lot of running. You're running away yeah. from a lot of... Well, what what fascinates me about the Doctor Who role-playing game is, is like, their initiative system. Mm. Like, it, it is... It, it Basically, it's talkers, uh, runners, doers, fighters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, yeah. talkers go first. Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't work, then the the runners can run, and then mm-hmm. the doers, which is basically anything that's not you know running, talking, or fighting, yep, uh, can try and do something. And the very last, the shots get fired. Well, which is cool. I like that. Yeah. I like it, it. It 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 emulates what you're trying to do in mm-hmm. a Doctor Who episode because well, the, the, do- part- the doctor always gets a chance to monologue. Yeah, doctor always gets a chance to to impo- impose their personality on the situation, uh, and it is such a powerful personality that it often works. Yeah, because part of the part of the enjoyment is, are these monologues and these these ideas, like mm-hmm. challenging of ideas in an episode. Because science fiction, that's what it's there for, right? Yeah, and I've also been kicking over the idea of a uh, another vampire LARP. Uh, oh, no. But it, but the it's it's I think we've mentioned it before it's the uh, quarterly Sabat Church variant where it's all it's all about Sbot. Oh yeah yeah, yeah. like it yeah, is yeah. about Sbot. It is about the Rite. It is about yeah. going to Sabat Church. Is yeah, the yeah, actual it's... play, and then there would be it would be be run quarterly, but there'd be a very extensive downtime system, right? In between games, so that shit can happen, and like you know, more the, the more the more shoot 'em up, bang bang stuff kind of gets abstracted. And then we focus our our playtime at theatrics and and ritual and yeah, yeah. Uh, emphasize what LARPing is really good at doing, mm-hmm. rather than what it's not super great at mm-hmm. doing. So you can come you come into you come into play with like here are my accomplishments, here's yeah. what I have done, here's what I've earned for the Sabbat. And you get to beat your chests and maybe do anonymity if it gets if it comes to it. Yeah, and yeah, that's that's cool. Uh, I don't know. I think LARPing to me, I love it. I love it. I think I'm kind of done with it for a while. Like it's just. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely done with Boffer LARP. Yeah, like that. That's for sure. But I, I, I'm, I'm still got like theatrical sort of salon LARP in me. I think that's much more manageable. Yeah, yeah, have, it you is. You don't have to go to a fucking park. Well, it's also like you're you're putting on more of a play, like mm-hmm. you're putting on props, like you have more time and energy and resources to to devote to that to make it more uh, immersive mm-hmm. uh, than than most buffer larps. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a few exceptions, of course. Of course. Um, uh, what? Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I've been getting some kicking. Obviously, I've been thinking about running Soulbound. I'm also I've got an aberrant idea. No, an Aeon idea. I do have an mm. Aeon idea in my head. It's just going to be wackadoo, and I'd have to eventually figure out who wants to, wants to play in it. Right. Uh, well, I, you know, I've got my, my Aeon game in my back pocket, and motherfucker, they keep putting out books. Yeah, yeah, let's go hop right into the news, shall we? Yeah, so I think um, it's a fairly recent book. It's called Under Alien Suns mm-hmm. that I've been slowly devouring. 
Uh, and they've put out a couple of other books. They've put out uh, Terra Firma and Distant Worlds, yep. uh, which are just every single one of these books have been jam-packed with story ideas. Yeah. Like, jam- like, like to the gills and player options and cool, like cool technology. And I they're am resource books. They're resource book. I am seriously impressed with every single one of them. Like the, like they, they have, taken the aeon line and really like not just the core book but these books specifically breathe a lot of life into it yes by bringing by revisiting old stuff and injecting like hot prime new stuff Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. great all of it is great yeah i think i've read through under yeah i have under distant skies i think distant worlds Distant Worlds, yes. I have Distant Worlds. I've read through some of it, and every section is just paragraph has got at least one tidbit mm-hmm. for you or a player to spark an idea off of. Um, and they're not as, uh, ashamed to show mm-hmm. like GM stuff. Like, here's a big meta plot thing. Do you want to use it? Go ahead. This is what the big secret is. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, and I hope I'm hoping that they're going to be doing some more stuff for Aberrant. We've got the first like aberrant supplement coming like announced it's called with great power yeah uh, and it's about super teams neat i was wondering what that was going to be yeah, about. it's all about super teams like how like how to how to run a super team game good i, I can get down with that i i i um, that's a good that's a good one because mm-hmm. getting that's actually something because we'll be talking about this a little bit later they don't talk too much about is like how how to get that group dynamic going mm-hmm in an aberrant game because you're all larger in life new gods yep. essentially new sci-fi gods so yeah so and then there's like the proteus nova compendium the novas yep. worldwide um i'm i want the novas worldwide one which is i think all the npcs i think so either that or it's the proteus nova no I, I i don't know what what both of them are i need to go back yeah. and check the kickstarter yeah but both i bought both of them we're getting both of them we're getting both of them, but the one I'm really interested in is just the digesting stats. all all the stats. Not just stats, like the backstory, mm-hmm. because that's how I got a lot of the cool information in the first edition for Aberrant was you read about these particular Novas and what they were doing. And if you read every one section, mm-hmm. started getting a picture of like a bigger thing going on. Yep, 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 yep. And it's- I always like that. I know a lot of people don't like Metaplot. I, don't I eat it up. I love it. I love Metaplot, so yeah. All right. Uh, in other news, there is not a lot of other RPG news. We're kind of in a little bit of a lull period. Gen Con is in, I think, in about a month and a half-ish. I think it's in September. It's soon. I think it's soon. Yeah, it's really soon. We got Dragon Con uh, at the very beginning of September because mm-hmm. of COVID. I will be there, but they have recently announced that they have are going to have a mandatory mask policy. Good. Uh, so that will be a thing. Well, I, yeah, I looked over. They have a lot of restrictions and whatnot. I, I still don't think it's going to be a good good scene. Well, I, I've already slotted to go. I've got my schedule pretty much ironed out. Mm-hmm. It just hasn't been made, like, publicly official. Sure. And so it's just one of those things of, like, I'm going to go. I'm not staying down there. I'll wear a mask. I should be fine. I'm fully vaccinated. Yeah. I mean, hell, I'm getting on a plane a week later, so... <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of Cubicle 7, uh, real soon, something real cool is going to be coming out. Uh, it's called Redacted Records Volume 1. It's basically a big old book about like 
Space Hulks and Space Hulk Adventures and the like for Wrath and Glory. Uh, I would definitely. Yeah, it'll be out in a few weeks on PDF and then beginning of the new year, there will probably be in print in your uh, in your local hobby store. Cool. Squeaks in the Dark is still going on. Yep. The Kickstarter, it's it's uh, kicking off. That looks like I like it's a mega dungeon like that they are that part of that book is a mega dungeon and i'm interested to see what's going on in that that could be very interesting i, yeah. I like that uh, and i think i hope they get one of the stretch goals that has uh, all like the the virtual tabletop assets i think they just got it i think they did but they also i need to double check because there's yep. like they have like the main stuff and then they're going to have that have the assets for expanded stuff for other other stretch goals. Yeah. And I want them to get that all because yeah. that's how you play D&D in my opinion. <laughs> and it's, it's a D&D variant. Yeah, but like I said, I, I, I love Pugmire just because it's like, oh, you we only have 10 levels here. Mm-hmm. We're not we're not playing on the big end. You're playing on the small end. And that's oh, we know what we are. And we're not and you're ashamed we, of that. We, we are beasties. Yes. You're, we are small squeakums. Mm-hmm. And any, um, I'm trying to think of any other big RPG news. Not much. Spot Book's about to drop next month. Is it? Mm. No, I think it's this month. Yeah. Spot Book's coming out. We are officially in August now. So, yeah. yes. We so will we'll see, see how that works. Expect us to talk about it. Oh, we'll talk about it. I pre ordered it. So, <laughs> I will consume it. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, let us then go directly into the main topic for this evening. Since it's just Scott and I, we're yeah. going to shoot the shit a little bit about something we've definitely read a lot about lately, which is Aberrant. Yep, Yay. the new version, Trinity Continuum Aberrant. Uh, you know, we talked about it before when the manuscript dropped, and we've both we've been running it, and we've been consuming it, yep. and we've been kicking the kicking the doors and slamming the windows. Yep, yep. Uh, licking, the tires, the, licking the tires, the fires. Yep. Whatever other euphemism you want to use. Absolutely. And it's good. Yeah, it's it's pretty solid. Like, that's my overall grade on mm-hmm. it. It is very solid. It's obviously not as, I wouldn't say cutting edge, but the edge is not as there as it was in the first edition. But that's okay. That's yeah. okay. I mean, I like. I have my opinion. I think. I think mechanically, leaps and down bounds it's superior. Oh, hundred percent. Like yes. mechanically, leaps and bounds. It is a. It is a. It is as as oiled and polished as a game that where you can basically do anything, uh, and it not be like a narrative bullshit. Yeah, mechanic. Like, like just like like just nope, hand wavy them. You can do anything, and there's dice to back it up. Which uh, I gotta say, I kind of like for specifically for aberrant. I've I've given this a little bit of thought. Uh, you know, you got games like Mask, where yeah, you can do anything as long as it fits your theme, and there's not a lot of not a lot of not mechanics behind it. For Aberrant, I like it that it's specific, that your powers are defined, uh, and you, what you can and cannot do is pretty pretty like you have a lot of leeway in building it. But once you've built it, your powers are pretty pretty set, unless you want to like push them and whatnot. Because I think that for the themes of the game it's good that you have those limits it's good that you are a specific creature that has specific abilities and your specific impact on the world is reflected by those abilities that's very interesting for you to say because we've we've game a very mm-hmm. long time and you're always generally strike me as a very narrative first 
themes first type of person. Yeah. You don't generally like a lot of mechanics, but do you say that you're like, no, I want the mechanics in Aberrant is very intriguing to me. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go into it a little bit more. It's because as an, as a Nova, you shape the world around you yeah, in very specific ways and who, and who you are and what you do and how you do things is everything. Mm-hmm. Like things like 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 you know if, if your powers are built a certain way, then you're going to cause different shakes and 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 chimneys in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas if you had like a similar power set, like the effects are can can vary wildly, um, and it can be very narrowly applied or very broadly applied. Like I think I was talking to some people on Discord. Like you can make a book, you can make an ANOVA out of the box that. All that Nova does is cause geological disasters uh, in like a 50 kilometer foot range around them. And they can't stop. Yeah. Like they exist to cause constant earthquakes. Yep. Um, And and that is purely like you can make that happen in the book. Yep. And it's awful because it is very clear these things and tiny little ant people like us do not coexist. Nope. Like it can be okay for a while, but like if you just like look at the mechanics, look at what these people can do, slap a hundred XP on it, and shit's gonna go off the rails. Yeah, like like it, there's no way that this can't go off the rails by by like by the math, and that's what I like. They they done a good job with emphasizing because there's a subtle mechanic that you can that the GM the story guy can tweak as much or as little as they want which is the whole flux transformation thing which mm-hmm. they used to call taint and um aberrations yeah in this so as novas push their powers and experiment with their powers and use their powers they start changing irrevocably start changing mm-hmm. there are ways to mitigate it there are ways to channel it but you cannot help eventually change. Yeah, it's, it's the the version grounding user versus the Chad Ch- Chrysalis Channeler. Yeah, yeah, shut up. No, yeah, <laughs> no, you're absolutely true. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's a big that's a big departure from first edition to second edition. Mm-hmm. But change is inevitable, and when you know the meta plot that they talk about where the aberrant war is coming, but they don't mm-hmm. detail out. And Eddie has, and them have said, we're never going to detail out the aberrant war. We mm-hmm. are letting story guys. Yep. That's, that's for you. That's for you. But they've given you the instrument of saying, this is how it happens. This, 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 the, the flux accumulates to the point that it gives you transcendence, which changes you, gives you essentially transformations, mm-hmm. AKA aberrations. And you become more and more obviously inhuman Mm -hmm. and they've also like gone deep into sort of like the background mechanics of why all of this is happening and how Mm -hmm. how it's happening the way it's happening uh and a lot of it comes back to divis mall yes uh that's if you want to get to like the super setting secret stuff but also from a mechanical perspective there's more emphasis and we'll talk about this in a little while about the different genres Mm -hmm. that they have explicitly done something they've done very well in this edition versus the first edition is they said these are genres that you can play with Mm -hmm. and these are the sub sort of sub themes in these genres that this is what you should do both thematically and mechanically change in order to emphasize like atomic youth Mm -hmm. you picked celebrity as Mm -hmm. like the main genre Mm -hmm. And one of the subgenres was deconstruction. Uh, deconstruction. 
with those two combined, one which says, I'm always a higher leadership to normal people, which is great. Mm -hmm. And deconstruction, which is the collateral pool was always ready to go off mm -hmm. so that your things you do in the game have tremendous impact. Well, I, I consider that combo to be like baseline aberrant. Like I consider like, well, from like, from like the nineties, like it is, that is like yes. first edition style. Yes. Like absolutely. 100%. Yeah. It's not for color. It's not, any, it's not, it's not intrigue based. Mm -hmm. It's not, I agree with you. It's mm -hmm. not the default. Yeah. It's not, it's not the, the, the default. You can, you can muck around with it and do different things with it, but like specifically with the deconstruction theme, mm -hmm. because that has the collateral pool. Yeah. Uh, and that is like that. That is like when you really want to put the aberrant wars like on a rocket sled. Yes. So like, yeah, uh, you just bad shit happens when you push when you throw your powers around. Well, let me quickly explain the uh, the uh, collateral pool, which is basically there's a pool. Generally, it goes from one dice to ten dice, and once it hits the ten dice, you roll the G, the story guy goes. Uh, however many successes there are, will apply effects both physical and social to mm -hmm. the environment and people around the novice. Mm -hmm. You using your powers causes shit to happen. When in the deconstruction sub subgenre, the collateral pool is sets at five. And even if it goes to 10 and resets, it's, it goes three sets to five rather than one. Mm -hmm. So even in, when, when it pops off and you apply the effects, it's still really close mm -hmm. to going off again. And so PCs need to be aware of that because they're like, oh, I need to like rein it in or they can do the opposite, which mm -hmm. is they can get power by adding dice to the like willfully adding. Mm -hmm. to they, the yeah, they can they can lateral pull make they can make, pop that shit off. There's also a really cool subsystem that we haven't we haven't played with, but I think we should eventually is the mm -hmm. Goliath subsystem. Yeah, yeah, that is fucking cool. Kaiju. Yes, yeah, Kaiju, Kaiju, it's Galactus. It is something so big that it would be boring to deal with it like purely mechanically. Yes. Like it, it, it's basically like turn, you turn a fight into a series of downtime actions kind of kind of like, <laughs> like you, you handle it on a bigger scale. Right. And, and let's let's talk about that. Uh, because obviously setting wise, we've talked about a couple times, like what they revised mm -hmm. and what they've cleaned up, but the, obviously the biggest overhaul is the system. Mm -hmm. And one of the greatest, most elegant things they've done is they, they've defined scale mm -hmm. so that when you are doing stuff against either other, other creatures, you compare your scale and that's helped determine how overpowered or underpowered you are to them. And that helps emulate the scale, the differences between all of these creature types without being overly too many dice, without too many like other considerations to do, without also the story guide has a much clearer guide to mm -hmm. go, this means this, this means this, this level of scale means this is a jet fighter. It moves as yeah. fast as a jet fighter. Okay, cool. This I is the playing that. field that we're dealing with, and here's mm -hmm. where you fit in the playing field. Correct. And it and it does, like you said, without having to deal with buckets and buckets of dice. Yes, which was kind of the problem with yeah. the, that because it was proto exalted too, uh, well, in the first I mean, edition. Yeah, I mean it was it was exalt it was the same system exalted yep. and Trinity and. Um, Trinity and Aberrant specifically were basically the same system as first edition Exalted. Actually, mm -hmm. Trinity and Exalted, Trinity and uh, Trinity came out first. 
Yep. And they based Exalted off that, off the modification of the storyteller system, uh, which, you know, is why you could all, if you wanted to pull out first edition Aberrant and first edition Exalted, you could fight the Solars and the Novas. <laughs> it's could, not it that be, clean. I tried to done. do it. Yes, but it's a giant headache. Oh, yeah, absolutely it is, but it can happen. And then the exiles yeah. start erupting. Oh, no. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so that system makes it much clearer. Also, I want to emphasize this. This is just the Trinity system. Mm -hmm. The changing of the target number on your dice based on what tier of creature you are huge. is a huge and very elegant way of showcasing power level. Mm-hmm. I I I was making an aberrant. I was obviously testing the guts of it, and I was like, I had to. Re I was like, oh, I don't have enough points to do everything I want to do. And then I was like, wait, most of my stuff that I would really want to like have mega attributes and mega powers with is actually emphasized in just that I'm better at, than everyone else at doing a thing. Yeah, at doing essentially everything. Yeah, everything. Every time I roll, every time I mm -hmm. do a thing, I have a ten percent better chance of succeeding at it. You are because... just, you are you are baseline superior. Yep, you are Correct. just better. You're um, just better, and I really enjoyed that. It was a very nice way of going. Oh, I don't need to have powers everywhere to really make a character. Nope. You can be like, oh, I have some skills and abilities. I have my really cool powers that I really want. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, everything it, else, like, yeah, I mean, it mean, it means that when you throw throw your XP into like baseline stats, like it, like they matter. Yeah, I mean, it, like even just bumping like your intelligence. Yep, it matters because that target number is different. And holy shit! Yeah, like a intel in, intelligence five baseline human, even a talent. Mm -hmm. And a baseline in a, in a five intelligence Nova, no mega intelligence. It, that that Nova is just smarter. Mm -hmm. And it's then you just, throw in a couple of dots of mega intelligence. Like it doesn't have to be a lot. Nope, it's one or two. It, it is significant. Yep. Um, so yeah, I think I think mechanically they've done a lot to make it to make it just this like machine of mm -hmm. of superhero efficiency. And, yes. and and it's like and without having to go the direction of masks, it was just like, yeah, it's whatever you want to do as long as it fits the themes. Well, you remember Steve Kinson, the mm -hmm. guy who helped help make the powers, did mutants and masterminds. Yeah, well, mutants there's, and masterminds. There's a, there's a lot of the lot of those guts. Yeah, uh, and they actually did they did a lot of, of things that they did in the player's guide of Aberrant, which is yep. the, the the first edition book that like expanded the powers and gave mm. you all sorts of like neat trick character creation tricks. They put a lot of that stuff conceptually into the core book of yes. like giving you flaws, giving you an enhancements to your individual powers. Like it's, yep. it's all based on the tag system. Right. And so like when I say that you can customize your dude, you can customize the shit out of your dude. Yeah. Yep. Like you can, yep. like if you want to like, you, like you can pull out any comic book and pretty much make any character that you find. And, and, and like I said, back to what, to back to what I said earlier, it's mutants and masterminds. That's, mm -hmm. that's why there was a little bit of critiquing at the very beginning when people got the manuscript that, Oh, it's just aberrant mutants and masterminds. And it's like, yeah, it is a little bit, it is its own flavor. Mm -hmm. And if you're familiar with mutants and masterminds, you'll be right at home. Mm -hmm. But other well, than that, that's not still a, good. The thing is, is, is it's mutants and masterminds. That's not a bad thing. Mutants and masterminds nope. was great. Mutants yep. and masterminds did like the one thing that I thought could never happen, which was make the D20 system interesting. <laughs> 
yeah pretty good pretty much and it's yeah. that's why it was like fucking mind-boggling that they didn't work something out when they did d20 aberrant like it's like remember no if that was the time no it was contemporaneous was it contemporaneous? It was contemporaneous. Okay, yeah. It was a, it was the same three point five baseline SRD. Yeah, but I know that Mutants and Masterminds based on the was was so broken apart mm-hmm. that it was barely like it was only the raw skeleton of the D twenty mm-hmm. system versus what you got what we got in the D twenty aberrant system, which was much much closer to trying to emulate three point five and having the power right. of a dog, having a power <laughs> of a dog exactly. Uh, but it, I mean, it made it made more sense, and I think I think that this this new edition takes all of the stuff from Mutant and Masterminds, first edition aberrant, including the stuff that they did in the player's guide, and just harmonizes it all together so that you can make whatever the fuck you want and mm-hmm. you know pretty much cry it right out of the book yep yep you can um they have a lot of different little subsystems like we said they're all buried in the sort of sub genres and sub genres mm-hmm. section but if you definitely give those a read do not don't skim over those yeah those are very important because there may be gr- uh, granulation that you want for your game mm-hmm. that's very important that may influence how you want to operate Definitely recommend reading over that stuff. Um, another thing that we like they've done, and we can, we've talk, mentioned this earlier, was sort of as jo- Scott jokingly talked about Chrysalis, is in first edition with Taint and all that, the only book that we ever had that dealt with like how to manage that stuff was in the Terrigen book. Mm-hmm. Everything else was this is just dim the brakes, kid. It's the way it is, it works the way it's, it works. And even when you were the Terrigen, that was not a nice way to go because it was. It was very random. Mm-hmm. It, it was, was random, and you, you, you kind of had to really manage it. Um, yep. And it's still you still have to do some like nitty gritty working with uh, with with chrysalis. You got to pick and choose where you want to go and how you want to channel that taint or yeah. channel the, the flux. Uh, but it is but much more streamlined and much more much cooler, in my opinion. My, much more interesting, mm-hmm. much more beneficial to the point that you're like, why would I not want to have chrysalis? Well, a that's the point. Mm-hmm. B but they've also given systems of, no, no, no. If you're not a Terrigen member, this is how you can handle Flux. Now, you have no real way of handling transformation and transcendence, but... Now, well, well, both both grounding and uh, Chrysalis are ways of not getting that dot of transcendence. Correct. Like that, that, is, that is how you manage. You, you, you keep a cap on your transcendence one way or the other, either by bleeding off the Flux... Or by channeling the flux into into something else, into something else, into or or just straight up buying it off. Like there's yeah. a way to do it inside Chrysalis because that was the interesting part when I read about grounding, which is basically if you don't use your powers, and mm-hmm. the more aggressively you don't use your powers, the quicker the flux bleeds off of you. And one of the cool minor benefits that they, they use the system very well in Trinity, there's something called bonds, mm-hmm. and you can have bonds that are defined. But it's basically your relationship with other people, NPCs, and you can expend your bonds if you're grounded to get flux removed. Mm-hmm. So, like the ta- the t- uh, the team tomorrow members, the Utopia people, have a lot by dint of the narrative and the mm-hmm. themes of the game, have a lot of bonds. Yeah, they have people, people that they lean they can lean on, and yep. like like it, it basically sounds like okay, I'm going to expend this bond. By like, I'm gonna have an intense scene with this guy, 
and it's gonna it's just, it's gonna kind of bring some some emotional catharsis to our relationship, right? And you blow it, and 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 normally when you blow a bond, you get like a mechanical, you get like dice benefits out of it, right? But this allows you the option of like, no, this lets me calm down and refocus myself and bleed off the energy that I've been building up within me by yep. making a human connection and and right. really delving into that human connection. Yeah, it's and it's, it's a very really... cool. I like it. Yep. Yeah, um, it's a very, it's a very, it was a weird benefit that they engineered for non-Terrigen members mm -hmm. that is very cool. But Terrigen members still get Chrysalis, and that's still equally cool. Yeah. It just goes in a very well, different and direction. Terrigen members can also ground because every yes. Nova can ground. Yes, grounding is a yep. is a thing that each and every Nova can do. <laughs> but in from my perspective on Terrigen, they're less likely to do grounding stuff and much more likely to do Chrysalis stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Why not? Uh, uh, oh, I get that. I get, okay, I can either like spend time with some kids, or you know, make myself cooler, like put like make, turn myself into a bigger badass. Hmm. But also, it's not it's not so as good because Chrysalis puts you down for a little bit, so you'll be yeah yeah. There's there's some there's some eb, there's... ebb and flow. You gotta yep. you gotta either way you gotta spend some downtime focusing in a specific yeah, focusing direction. and dealing with it. Um, pushing your powers is from my experience from running and playing it is not as hard or as in you, you actually can do it a lot more often than I was like thinking you no, could. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty cut and dry system. Like you, yep. it's, you, you spend, spend a couple points. You can have some options on how much you spend and you roll, roll a very small dice pool and then you spend your successes to boost yourself in little ways. And that, that then unlocks your XP spending abilities. Yeah. That's, that's one of the big things that they did is explaining how, how Nova's get, more of their powers like you can spend xp like on normal mundane stuff mm -hmm. without much explanation or justification but for any nova abilities including quantum you have to push your powers yeah. if you want a new power you have had to have pushed them and have acquired that power through pushing at some point or if you want a higher level you've had to have pushed that power up higher mm -hmm. to reach those levels well it, it also it, cuts out any training time bullshit yeah yeah that that too uh, like nope, I pushed myself. Uh, now I can now I can realize that in myself by, by spending the magic and I'm, smoke. I'm I'm cool with that because that makes dramatic moments. Mm -hmm. Pushing your powers is a dramatic moment. It's it's any any superhero movie and or anime that you've seen mm -hmm. where the, the the he goes the hero goes the distance and he unlocks and does, his new his new super move. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we, had, um, we had a character unlock a new power in the most recent game that we recorded. Yep. Uh, a, a new shiny power that's very in line with what she can do normally, but mm -hmm. is an enhancement of that idea. And so now she has a new power. Yep. Uh, and that's a, that was a very cool dramatic scene when she did that. Let's focus a little more on the setting now, because obviously we're hitting the highlights here. Yeah, we're not yeah, going to go through detail of every little thing, but let's hit. We're hitting the highlights, the big things that we like and enjoy in the new setting, that kind of stuff in the system. So the setting, I think, is, I think it's a very much. If this is your first exposure to Aberrant, it's fantastic. Yep. Like if this is if this is the first time you picked up a book that has Aberrant on the cover, it's great. It's a it's a wonderful, fantastic setting. Um, the problem comes in with us <laughs> old people, <laughs> us. Uh, yeah, saying us, us uh, that have first edition and have some nostalgia for some of the stuff of first edition and can't help ourselves. From comparing the two, yep. Um, in that light, I think that it is not as good as it could have been. Yeah, 
it, it was made in a different time. Hence my edge comment earlier mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. beginning is my, my inherent nostalgia and my love of superhero stories that follow that line. Mm-hmm. Cause first edition is, yeah. it was and made in the nineties. They've, they've made edgy. a lot of, they've made a lot of changes and the vast majority of them are, are improvements. Yep. Uh, most of which are just like sort of updating the setting to a more modern sensibility in terms Absolutely. of like technology, the things that have happened in the world. Like you, it, it runs into the, 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 <laughs> the, like one of the big things is in this world, 9-11 happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, uh, they don't really even go into it, but it is that sort of subconscious knowledge that in the, in the world of aberrant, because aberrant came out in like 98, yeah, it was yeah, it was around that like 98 and uh so I mean it, it was in a, it was written in a world and most of the books were written in a world where that had not happened and 9/11 was fucking huge. Yep. Like it changed geopolitics in a big way. And in the new edition that sort of background knowledge is a thing and like it, it so it reflects that modern world and certain modern trends and certain modern trends and whatnot. And it also like, you know, it, it's, it's moved on from like the deconstructionist comics of the nineties. Yeah. Yep. You know, the dark Knight returns and, and all that, that not that good stuff. Yep. Um, so most of the changes are great. The, the changes that kind of like put the sand in my boot are very small. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there's one big change that I, I, I agree with them making, but wish they had done differently. Mm-hmm. Which is the the core sort of the, the the excising of the conspiracy utopia conspiracy plot, right? Yes, uh, like that is just making something... utopia too clean. Yeah, they made them too clean, and that has a lot of effects on the setting. Like uh, the way I, the metaphor that I've always used when I when I've thought about this for a while is that if you think of aberrant as like a circus tent, mm-hmm. um, they took out the center pole. Yeah, and they didn't. Of. They did not replace it with a different pole. Yeah, um, so it's kind of flattened the setting. It's still mm. a big circus tent, but it means that the high wire act is is kind of hard to pull off. Yeah, it, it, because part of the main thrust of it, and this is what in first edition mm. made the the Terrigen both inhuman and extremely sympathetic, mm-hmm. which was the background underlying meta knowledge of utopia is rotten to the core or and it not, is I, wouldn't doing... say, I wouldn't say that utopia was rotten to the core utopia was compromised <laughs> yes yeah okay I, a little too strong because you, there is a world in there's a version of events in aberrant first edition where the corruption in utopia could have been resolved yes yeah but that was not the world that led to the aberrant war no um, uh, because but, that was that at that time that was part of the main emphasis part when when that got revealed mm-hmm. when that conspiracy was revealed in the canon the metal plot mm-hmm. of aberrant first edition it hugely undermined all of the standing of novas in the entire world mm-hmm. because utopia and novas were so intertwined yeah, culturally and, and it meant it meant that the utopia terrigen conflict had teeth Yes. You know, Utopia had all the standard, like, good guy rhetoric to throw at the Terrigen. Oh, they're, they're inhuman. They, you know, they tolerate, they tolerate terrorists. They tolerate people who do terrible things. And, you know, and they do terrible things. And they, they have this alien philosophy that is not compatible with human society. They have all of that stuff that they can throw at them. 
but Terrigen had some dirt to throw back the other way. Correct. And that's yep. what made the conflict interesting. Yep. In second edition, Utopia can throw all the same dirt on the Terrigen. Yep. But the Terrigen just says, well, I disagree. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. The, the Terrigen are, I hate to say, they're less extreme. There's mm -hmm. a faction of them that are extreme, mm -hmm. obviously. Uh, that's where we get the term aberrant. They've mm -hmm. re-coined re and re readjusted that term. But in the, the Trinity Continuum aberrant, it is the Terrigen are much more cultural, distinct, and, mm -hmm. well, and I mean, more, like it, it philosophically means, distinct. It means that when the Terrigen punch back, they're being much bigger dicks. Like inherently, yeah. yeah. Like when when the Terrigen punch at the Utopia, they are being bigger dicks because Utopia is an overall force for good without yep. without any rot rot in them. Like yep. the rot that they have is very minor. It's like yep. you know a kind of an an issue with you know being a bit too superficial, maybe maybe caring about donors too much, yep. uh, like being too brand conscious, um, like being image focused. Like and it's, it's so much much lower level stuff than yeah we're you know ex we're we're quietly exterminating your race right see the the utopia in this version the second edition is if it's got any rotten bits it's more locally to certain nations mm -hmm. and the interconnection between the, the geopolitics mm -hmm. than it is in the organization as a whole which uh, As you said, th there was lack of teeth in in sort of the punchback from the Terrigen and the Utopia. And when you and when then when you like step back a little bit and consider the game line as part of the continuum, there are other smaller changes that yep. like really really affect things when you think about them. And a lot of it hinges around the character of Divis Maul. Yeah, which this is like he's always been like the big the big pillar of fire. Yep. In not just not just in uh, aberrant, he's you know been there since adventure. He's his effects are felt in in Aeon. Oh, he's a pillar of the setting. He's a big pillar of the setting. Mac and him and Max are mm -hmm. the some of the two biggest oh. pillars. And uh, and then they've added uh, uh, SK uh, Escabrano as well. Who's yeah, Escabrano is is the newest addition. Mm -hmm. So we haven't had as much content that me and Scott have read about her, mm -hmm. and so she hasn't been around. But she still she still has a big effect on the setting. Yeah. Um, but she's not a brash, she's not a she's not a, a dashing good good do gooder man or a brash arrogant Magneto. Um, yes. Like she's neither of those things. She's a much more subtle character, but she still has a huge effect. So the changes in specific that I'm talking about. Uh, the big one is when we deal with the concept of the Knight of Long Knives. Ooh yeah. Um. In the Night of Long Knives is a, was a sort of a, a story hook put in the first Terrigen book that basically said, okay, you've got the Terrigen. They're this collection of people who follow a baseline philosophy but have many different factions mm -hmm. about how to apply that philosophy and what did that philosophy mean and how does that apply to being a Nova in general. And a lot of them don't like each other. And a lot of them – Very much so. Like a lot of them say have mutually exclusive ideas about – where does Novadom go? Yep. Even within the bounds of Terrus. Yep. Um, and the Night of Long Lives was basically a scenario that detailed out 
here's how this here's the here's the broad strokes of how this conflict goes down. Yep. And here's where you can you know it, it depends on what what faction it was a Terrigen module essentially. Yeah, it was adventure. I read it as this is an Terrigen focused adventure mm-hmm. for your established Terrigen character. And it's an adventure that uh, actually in in my big my long running aberrant game that we ran through actually. Yeah. Uh, so we have our own sort of personal canon version of that adventure. Um, so it, it, needless to say, I have a, I have a big soft spot for this particular branch. <laughs> he of has the, opinions. Everywhere. Has opinions exactly. So in first edition, they make it. They make it, they sort of in the broad strokes. They say the night of long lives is essentially because it, it, it is everyone making up their minds and proving it through killing each other. Yep. Of where do we want to go as the Terrigen? Because and because Maul has been saying all along, yep. I need to hear a clear voice from you. I need to, right. I need you to tell me where you want me to lead you. Right. Because he's that arrogant of an asshole. To, well, and, just, and, he's, and he's also not he's, wrong. He's not wrong, but he's still he's you're not wrong, Walter. Yeah, you're just an asshole. Just an asshole. <laughs> he, he is the daddy figure. And yep. there's really nothing that can change that. No one really contests that in the setting because it's kind of an incontestable fact yeah so yeah. it's so his big thing is grow up decide where you want to go and i'll take you there yep like i don't care i i have mall has has less stakes in where we go than that everyone grows up and, and makes a decision mm-hmm. like that and that's that, that's true about his character and that's true and they, they detail out night of long knives in the in the aberrant setting secrets book so like and it's basically the same basic scenario a little truncated because truncated because it's 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 not the it's not the terrigen's book right um but there is a very key difference in the way they characterize what happens after the line of long knives uh i I thought i read it please inform me in the terrigen first edition book it basically says maul maul does what he says he does he's gonna do yep like no matter what the terrigen decides to be maul steps up and becomes an active leader and makes the terrigen into a revolutionary organization that has a definite agenda um and you know they follow definite rules they become a cohesive more cohesive organization yeah in the setting secrets of trinity continuum aberrant they basically say he continues to fuck off yeah like no matter what the Terrigen does, he remains aloof and detached because he's moved so far beyond even baseline, even regular Novas. Yeah. And he lets and that allows the aberrant faction, no matter what happens, eventually the aberrant faction overtakes them. Right. As people who as Novas join and sort of default to the aberrant faction, and they, it even goes beyond the leaders of the aberrant faction. Uh, people like us, Garon, the leader of the Aberrant faction, is like, no, we don't kill fellow Novas. And like, no, we, they eventually we, stop listening. And they stop listening to even Garon. And they're like, no, we just want to fucking kill people. We want to destroy things. We want to yep. shit all over the world because we have the power to do so. And throughout all of that, Maul just stays back and lets it happen. And I think this is probably the harshest thing I have to say about this is I think that's a bit of character assassination. I... Do not disagree with you. That's a very cogent opinion. You're one of the most informed people I know about, other than the writers themselves, mm-hmm. about the nature of Aberrant and the Trinity Continuum and the setting. But I also see why they decided not to do that. Mm-hmm. Why they, or I should be clear, why they decided that they wanted to make him always aloof from everything. Because you don't want to have 
the big NPC mm-hmm. directing the PCs and telling them this yeah. is the way it is. And there's nothing you can do about it. And I agree with you there. I, I actually, I 100% see the reasoning behind that. Right. Um, but the thing is, is that this is like, this, that portion of it isn't even like in the, the module text. Yeah. Like, it's not like, and then Maul steps up and does this, this, and this, and this, and this. It's a general guideline. Yeah. And, and what it means is very directed. It's predicated by what you, the PCs, have done in the context of the Night of Long Knives. Correct. You, through your actions, have shaped what kind of leader Maul becomes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's truer to, like, the core of the character. Because like because he's it, it it's you know Aberrant has always been a meta, a meta plot heavy game and part of meta plot is big characters yes and it's such and it's so firmly in the hands of the storyteller this aspect of it because it is like this is this is the future of the setting this is sort of the default of how things goes now that being said you can easily scratch out that little line and yep. make Maul do whatever you want him to do. Correct. That is 100% easy, and it, it's easy enough to make that change. I just, I, 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 them making that deviation, that change from the original way of things are going, is significant in my opinion. It, it really speaks to, it makes the character a different character. It, I think it was just, like you said, like I said, an easy way for them to sort of keep Maul on the sidelines. If somebody was reading this who has no idea mm-hmm. how the original goes, yep. and they're like, how the hell do I deal with Divis Maul, who's essentially a god? What? How do I handle him in the setting? It's like, well, he needs to stay aloof because if, yeah. he, if he starts moving around in the setting, that's which causes... Like I said at the beginning, if this is your first time picking up an aberrant book, it's fucking amazing. Yeah, it's great. It's yeah. great. But it, like, you know, <laughs> as someone who has a kind of a, you know, kind of a nostalgic attach- attachment to this story and these characters, it rubs me pretty wrong. No, I, I totally understand. I totally understand. I totally, I can see exactly where you're coming from in that. Because you, because in some way, the Night of Long Nine story is about you're making your own God, mm-hmm. but you get to define what that God is. Mm-hmm. Now, once you define it, it is what it is, and it will continue being that. But I can see why with if a small was in the setting, the aberrant war would be very different mm-hmm. and very uh, because you need. And I guess mm-hmm. this is partially to what we were talking about earlier in taking the tent pole mm-hmm. out of Utopia is you need to have the antagonist. You need to have the big villain that 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 lights the fires. Well, that's what the aberrant faction is. It is absolutely what the aberrant faction is, and. Yeah, and I also kind of miss the old aberrant faction yeah. because, the, like, the, like that that change is fairly significant as well. And the old aberrant faction was this kind of collection of people on the run who are on the outs with Utopia, but weren't quite ready to take the leap into Terrigen Town. Yeah, they were they were squarely in the middle. They were mm-hmm. the middle faction. And, well, and they were also like they were watchdogs. They were whistleblowers. Yeah. They were like, yep. uh, they were like, okay, something fucky with Utopia. The Terrigen are weird as fuck. We need yep. to keep an eye on all of this. Yeah. And that's Who a watches very, the watchers? That's a very, very cool idea that is pretty much absent from, yep. uh, like, you know, and, uh, and also, like, we need, it's it's the only thing that, that, that kind of 
fits that role of the directive and they're shady as fuck too yeah like the and- aberrant the aberrant faction were like it they were kind of like the true good guys yeah, they were trying. They, they were classic uh, '90s RPG pro- mm-hmm. uh, protagonist setup, yeah. which is you're kind of the good guys, but not really. But you're the best guys we have. You're the best guys we have, and you're you're therefore, and because of that, you're a misfit. You're an outcast. Yes. Yep. You're not. You're not a part of the mainline anything. Right. And that is a f- part and function of you being the good guys. You were punk as yeah, it were. Yeah, you were punk. It was very punk. It was very punk, and I like it. I I, um, I I I don't disagree. That's why I'm like, hey, if you want Utopia to have some have a dark underbelly, go right ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, Just, I mean, I think I mean, in, in I'll 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 spoil it for Atomic Youth. In you know, we're it is not it is not Trinity Continuum vanilla uh, in, in our game. Utopia is tarnished in a different way. Yep, in that they're sort of their their beholden nature to big money and like corporate donors and the status quo uh, is a little bit more pronounced. Yeah, they the unfortunately it, in some respects it's like they have attached themselves to something too big for them to handle, aka the world. Yeah, uh, and uh, it just global capitalism. Yes, uh, the the yeah, true monster or global or global agendas mm-hmm. that's that's i think a little more yeah. apt not just raw capitalism but like political mindsets and we, we people can, we can style a make a goliath that is global capitalism um, we could do it everyone i want you to know this is what i have to deal with this is what i have to do yeah i know big big multi throwing lefty um <laughs> uh yeah yeah uh, but no, just, that's just me spitballing um but yeah, I think that's that's the thing. Like they've done other stuff. Like they've they've pushed queer representation. They've to pushed racial representation. Yep. All like they've really pushed it because that, that was always there in Aberrant. They have really amped yeah. It up. They actually of one of the few, and I'll I'll say testament to the first edition and definitely to people in the second edition. They talked a lot about things we're talking about today mm-hmm. in first twenty edition. odd years ago in. All of the in aberrant and in all of the extended books. Well, it, it it kind of it's the it's the you know when did White Wolf get all political? It's like it always was, always has been. Always so has you just been. weren't reading. You just weren't um, reading reading right. Uh, yeah, reading. actually, if you really like Second Edition Aberrant, if you like Trinity, you get the PDFs for all the first edition stuff. Mm-hmm. Start reading, you will have a blast. Yeah, I, I have always There's said that so you much good owe stuff it to there. yourself. If you are a fan of this new of new Trinity Continuum and have not partaken of first edition material, you owe it to yourself. Because I have no doubt that they are going to retread this material, but it's available to you right now. Right. They're going to retread it. They'll repackage it to, mm-hmm. to be in line with what they're doing. But the first edition stuff, because it was sort of the misfit offshoot of sort of the main White Wolf stuff, mm-hmm. the, the writers were probably just like, just write, just write what you want. Write what you want to think about mm-hmm. within well, the was, confines I mean, it of the was, setting. It was sci-fi, yeah, it, it, it had sci-fi. It was the sci-fi mentality of let's envision another world. Yep, like the world, of Dar- the world of darkness was like everything is shit. Yep, let's just expand upon that idea. Yes, whereas In the what sci-fi ways can was it... like let's let's think about things can still be shit, but it can also be good. Well, like, it's all, it's the classic sci- science fiction: ask a question and answer mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Aberrant, Trinity, and even Adventure were asking questions, big questions, mm-hmm. and it was like, what happens if you try to answer them? 
but yes, uh, most of my critiques are pretty much mirror what Scott has, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm less passionate about it yeah. because training to continuum has definitely come out. like, this is your game. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, what you want it, with you want it. it. There's no canon. Mm-hmm. Just have fun. And like, uh, I, well, as I was saying, like you can take the first edition material and you can do the math. Like oh, yeah, you could do the narrative math and be yeah. like, okay, what can I take from this and refit it to fit either what second edition looks like or my own version of second edition. And uh, I want to, want to touch on a couple new things that I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what was it? Where they call the, the spacefaring ones. Oh, the Daedalus league. Yes. They've greatly expanded the Daedalus league, which is, do you want to do aberrants in space? Oh Yeah. If you want to do, if you like Aeon, you like the distant mm-hmm. world stuff, you want to, you want to play around with that, you can totally do that with the Daedalus League because the whole point is like they're a a they're trying to be an apolitical mm-hmm. Nova group that's about space exploration because Novas are one of the few people with the technology and the physical powers to survive and thrive in space. Mm-hmm. So it's really neat. It's really weird and different that you can play. But just like anyone who says they're apolitical yeah. in real life. They're not apolitical. Well, there, that's there part are of... politics involved in the Daedalus League. They just don't they don't talk about them. And so that means they fester more. Well, after you read it, because I read over the Daedalus League stuff, it's not that they're festering. They're just so new. They haven't had to wrestle with the political aspects mm-hmm. of it. And that's their narrative. That's their meta plot, yep. which is Daedalus League. Where are you going to sit in all of this? Well, it's you've got to take very, a side. It's actually very Star Trek. Yes. It's this like, you know, boldly going forward, but to what purpose and where? Yeah. And what, yeah, like it's, it's the development of Starfleet rather mm-hmm. than it's like the grow the, the birth of Starfleet rather than next generation and all that, where it was already. Defined. Also, this is a little suggestion for me. If you're an aberrant fan and want to do Daedalus League stuff, or if you want to just do like, if you want to do like the alien invasion plot from, you know, from comics, uh, pick up under alien skies and look at the breach. Yep, he was telling me about that earlier, and it's great. The Breach are the perfect alien invaders, like even more than the Coalition, especially if you're like, I think they're better suited to dealing with, to throwing at Novas than they are at at Scions. Yeah. Because they are are quantum harvesting motherfuckers. Yep. Like they will eat your quantum flux, and it's really scary. Yikes. So an, an alien invasion of the Breach in the Aberrant era would be one hell of a story. Uh, I, I wanted wanted to look at. I was looking through some other stuff on the book, and I've just realized that the elite uh, path, which is old Devere's, mm-hmm. uh, is has a skull as their symbol. <laughs> and I was like, baddies? "Are we the baddies?" <laughs> and I was like, "Because that was another big faction that that they sort of generalized as elites, mm-hmm. which are basically mercenary novas, novas yeah. that can just get paid to do services, and they don't always have to involve combat. They can be a whole bunch of other." stuff but the whole point of it is like do you want to be kind of an independent operator who has yep. to deal with like money and politics yeah and the debris and the debris are like sort of just they're just the biggest organization yep like they but they so you can use the the elite path to do either debris stuff or a smaller uh, a smaller um organization that does independent nova shit yep uh so Daedalus League, yeah, Aberrance. Obviously, we've already talked about the two big ones, Utopia, mm-hmm. which is huge. It's a huge organization. Mm-hmm. And you get the Terrigen with its own weird sub-factions. Um and I also like that they've they've highlighted that the Aeon Society it, itself is do up and around doing doing Yes, stuff. still doing things. Like they are they are still 
not just Project Utopia. They have their own shit going on. Project Utopia is a branch of them that's big enough to kind of be separate. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like parent. It's a parent-child relationship mm-hmm. where if you're part, if you go up to Utopia and say I am part of the Aeon Society, they're going to be like, okay, you want to talk to my boss? Yeah, exactly. You don't want to talk to me. Yeah, you're not talking I, to me. You're talking to my boss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you pull out the authorization of no, I'm talking to you. It's like okay, yeah, what you want? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because Aeon is sort of the parent company, as it were, mm-hmm. but they don't have as much direct influence over YouTube because it's just so big. It yeah. just becomes a just well, a multi-interactive. The influence flows through a channel, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's sort of it's very hands-off. Like you're, I think you're right. It it the parent-child metaphor is very good. It's just Utopia is an all a young adult child. Yeah, it's in a yeah. Like it is kind of it's it's growing in its independence from Aeons, particularly where all of the other subdivisions of Aeon and the projects are all still like very firmly under Aeon's thumb. Mm-hmm. Because Aeon, well, it's got locked down a lot of weird shit that's going on. Oh in the world. yeah, they're like yeah, the world we gotta we we gotta handle on a bunch of stuff. There's Novas flying around. We we don't want to complicate the situation. <laughs> We can let them handle some of it now because they're like capable. Like it's kind of like the idea of the supernatural is real, everyone. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, now that we have flying superheroes around, we can let them handle that stuff. We'll just go do other things. I really like to... this, this is talking a little tales out of school. Oh no. Um, but I really like what we've seen of Aeon post Aberrant War in Anima. Yes. Like getting that perspective of like where like immediately after the Aberrant War of what Aeon like what Aeon's up to and what their philosophy is is really cool. Because I mean, not to brag too much, we have the play documents for Anima because we're playing it. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much, Onyx Path. Um and it's great. I love it. And it really is like a very interesting and very like enlightening piece of the puzzle. I think it fills a gap we've always wanted. Mm-hmm. Without um, that gap being the aberrant war itself, correct. It fills in in things because there's a big shift in time jump between aberrant war, Aeon. Mm-hmm. It's like a hundred something years, right? Yeah, it's, it's the, just under a hundred years. That's a huge, not just for the war itself, but everything else that happened in the oh, middle. Yeah. Huge shift in the way the world operates and the role that Aeon plays mm-hmm. in it, because Aeon in uh, the Aeon society in Aeon era is a very different animal. Oh yeah. And it's a very minor animal, but it's still there and still doing good work. It's just Mm -hmm. very different from what it was previous. Yeah. Well, it's also, it's the era with, with no powers. Yeah. Like you do not have open people with powers openly walking around. Nope. Like if you have powers, you keep that shit quiet. Yeah. Because in anima, if you're a Nova, you're an aberrant, and they're hunting you down. Mm-hmm. If you are not a Nova, if you're if you're a Syad, they don't know the difference. They probably think you're. They don't know the difference. If you're if you're a talent, no one can tell the difference. Mm-hmm. And so anything weird and unusual, even it's actually a little more stringent than even in the adventure era, because mm-hmm. in adventure you didn't have like the internet and other yeah. things to well, it, communicate. It's, it's with. kind of a, it's it's a it's a mirror of Trinity Core. Yeah, actually. It is yep. like it is Trinity Core, but a very different world from yep. our modern day with with minor super people. You're right. Like, like it is the, a world that has gone through some shit. 
Yes. It's like, oh, super people are really bad. Like, super bad. But anyways, let's. Uh, anything more we want to say about Aberrant, Trinity to continue Aberrant Core? Like, what about it we like, we don't like? Uh, we've already talked about some of the things we really enjoy, mm-hmm. some of the things we don't enjoy as much. But I don't think there's too much else. No, I, I mean, I, I love this. I love the reboot of it in general. Uh, the parts of it I don't like, I can change very easily. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it it still be recognizable as like, you know, uh, like my, my game is like when I run Aberrant now, it's not going to be, uh, you know, first edition setting with second edition rules. Like that's no. not one of the, it, 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 moving forward is important, but things can st- some things can stay the same some uh, things can cook to taste as it were yeah yeah exactly put salt to taste you know? yeah yeah the because i uh, my biggest takeaway from this book is how how much mature not just the writers but just the philosophy from gaming mm-hmm. has come from first edition to second edition because second edition there are so many even in just a straight base book has so many good tools both mechanically and not mm-hmm. that will help you run a game and manage godlings Mm -hmm. and that's important because playing in your first edition game at a certain point it gets kind of ridiculous it does stupid and it can get ridiculous and stupid but it's far more manageable Mm -hmm. and you sort of see there are tighter reins on the experience yes which is important for a role-playing game of Mm -hmm. any stripe is what are you trying to say and how do you say mm-hmm. it? So even even though it can get more and more ridiculous, the fact that it starts from a more constrained place means yep. that that growth into Crazy Town can be much, much more managed. Much more managed, uh, much more uh, natural. And, sort mm-hmm. of, and also the curve is not asym- like an asymptote mm-hmm. where it just goes in- near to infinite, where it's just, no, it's just kind of a, just a diagonal that just goes up. Mm-hmm. It's linear, as it were. But you can still uh, very much get to the point where the players are unrecognizable, like from from humans, and yeah, you know, they they've gone through such changes that you know they they are not where they started. Nope. Uh, and nope. you know, never envisioned that they would be where they are. That would be that's something I would like to like to do one day is play an aberrant game where we have to run kind of through the later part of the aberrant era into the aberrant war to the point of going the ultimatum is met. Mm-hmm. Yeah, an aberrant war campaign would be would be uh, an interesting. It's it's something that would it'd be rough, I think. Oh, yeah. Like you'd have to like we'd have to really think about who our characters are and what the state of the world is. And yep. what's going on like that, that would, you would have to really think that through because there are decisions that need to be made in that scenario that are really like you, like, you know, who do you save? Like, do you, do you betray your own kind? Do you, you know, or, you know, even if you do, will the people you're saving care? Yep. How do you, what, what every, every, Every major decision is world is a world changing decision, mm-hmm. and other um, people are making world changing decisions all around you. Correct, because the world can't. Because one of the fundamental philosophies of the Abbott War is the world, the Earth, cannot mm-hmm. sustain a population of Novus. It mm-hmm. just can't. They're too unstable and too big and too unstable to really exist on the same place. Yeah, and that's why they branch out into the stars because it's the universe is the only place big enough to hold all those egos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
glowing reviews from us. Absolutely, 100%. It's a great game. Yep. Um, I'm know. eager to see what we get from Adventure. Yeah. The big, well, the big book. I mean, we've, we've got the material from it, so it, it's, yeah. it's yeah, real yeah. good. But as much as we've seen from Aberrant, a lot can change. A lot can change. Well, I think mostly what changed from like the, the Kickstarter manuscript to what we got is presentation. Presentation, um, they, they, they did make uh, scale was more yeah. distinctly identify, identified and defined, um, and a few other cleanups here and there. Mm-hmm. Well, um, mostly it was just they, they laid everything out in a much more cohesive and a comprehensible way. That's, that's it. I just remembered before we get out of your audience. This is actually my one big mechanical gripe. Okay. Building things. Oh yeah. Is a goddamn nightmare. Well, I think we'll probably uh, touch on that in our next episode. <laughs> yes. Yes. It, uh, then I'll save it. I'll put that bullet yeah, put, back in swallow, the gun. Swallow that sadness. Yes. Yeah, swallow that sadness. We'll talk about it next episode. But but it, let's just say it works. You just really have to think it through. <laughs> Oh, my brain hurts just thinking about it. But anyways, that's going to be it from us right now. So from everywhere in Polyhedron, go where your fun is. Cool, roll some dice. Hello, everyone. Matthew here. If you enjoyed the show, you can always contact us at polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com, as well as at polyhedroncast on Twitter. And if you want to get in touch with me, I'm at Divis Melkab on Twitter. And I'm at Arjuus, R-J-U-O-U-S on Twitter. And if you really want to show your support and get some extra content on the side, head on over to patreon.com slash polyhedron.